Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show. My name is Simon Miller. You are listening to a pro wrestling show. Still going old school. Uh, laptop's going to take a while to fix, but let's not worry about that. It's boring, and I can just say listen to the last episode or the one before that if you need more information. And please do, and please uh, resubscribe if you haven't already. I'm going to guess anyone that's listening to this has has already been subscribed, but you know I've got to try and do something to get my numbers back. Basically, Apple duplicated my feed on Apple Podcasts, and obviously I had to delete one, and that took out half my half my user base. So thanks a lot, Apple, with your trillion dollar listing or whatever the hell it was. But it doesn't matter. We do we do the best uh, we do the best that we can. But yes, welcome to a crazy week in professional wrestling. Given that we are coming off the back of SummerSlam and coming off a Raw that supposedly was ripped up by Vince McMahon when he arrived at the building and was still being written as the show was going on. I mean. I've seen people go, well, that explains why none of it made any sense, which is true, but it was never going to make any sense because how on earth can you build to a second pay-per-view seven days after you've just had a pay-per-view with only two shows to do something in? You have to hit everything in fast forward, so it's always going to be a bit like somebody chucking a pie into your face. Like, What's going on? Like poor Kevin Owens. I don't know. It's I didn't mind Raw. And when I say that, it was such a, a nightmare. <laughs> but it was such a nightmare. I enjoyed it. I liked the car crash element of of monday night raw it doesn't mean it's good and it's certainly not going to be attractive to new fans i guess because i'm very lucky and i get to have uh, you know positions like this and what culture ups and downs and twitter and and whatever else i find it really fascinating to have the discussion keith lee is where i want to start we will talk about SummerSlam, but keith lee is where i want to start because after nxt takeover 30 i was really upset um, I'm a huge Keith Lee fan. I didn't think it did anything for him, you know, giving up the North American title and then losing to Karrion Cross in the way that he did. I clearly like that. Well, let me, let me rephrase that. The match was not up to the usual standards that NXT TakeOver events are. But I think I was so invested in who was going to win or lose. I still enjoyed it. Again, it was very, very... I don't like using the word average. That seems unfair. It was decent. It was okay. It was fine. Maybe my barometer is a little bit lower than everybody else's. And that's okay if you have a high barometer too. It all depends on what you want from your wrestling. And while it did kind of made it clear that he was going to be called up. And I understand, you know, leaving a territory, you go out on your back. There's, there's going out on your back and there's being absolutely tonked. And I kind of felt like they'd, you know, taken all this momentum they built up with Keith Lee over a couple of years and tonked him. You know, but he should have. I don't even know what the best thing to do is. I mean, things move so fast in WWE, it almost doesn't matter. But I would have preferred it if I just felt it was too soon for Karrion Cross. I mean, he's absolutely the, the direction you want to go in, and it sucks that he got injured, which obviously also hurt the quality of the match. And I hope that he's okay. They told us they were going to give us an update on Monday, and they didn't, which is a little bit worrying. But let's keep our fingers crossed. And then, of course, we talk about the Raw debut in general, and it's. Well, I wouldn't even say split people down the middle. It's damn right pissed people off. And I get it, because it is the little touches in pro wrestling that are important. And I don't know why they've changed his music, and I don't know why they've changed his ring attire, but maybe he has a say in it, you know? I never like to jump on the bandwagon too quickly. I do like to see how these things play out, even though, yes, WWE does have a difficult track record with those things. Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley, for example. Oh, wait till you see how it plays out, and instead, you know, Rhea Ripley is not as, <laughs> it's not as strong a character as she was a few months ago. 
It's different with Keith Lee, though. Um, not that I'm not a fan of Rhea Ripley, because I am. But with Keith Lee, I'm like a mega fan. I saw him on the indies uh, when he came to wrestle for Defiant. So that would have been 2000. I had a shoulder injury, so it was 2018. Is that right? Who knows? Who cares? Whatever. A couple of years ago. And I couldn't believe I hadn't seen him before. I hadn't known about him. I kind of felt like I'd let my the wrestling fan inside of me down because he was so good and he was so different. And I got to do an interview with him and he was such a, such a good dude. He won me over. And I truly believe there is main event star potential in his bones. But you can't get there without the right booking. We've had that conversation a thousand times before. But I don't think he's going to be held back with not as good music, which I do think will be rectified at some point. And I didn't think his ring gear was that bad that it's going to, again, be a negative. Was his old stuff better? Yes. Was his new stuff, again, going to, you know, pull the rug out from underneath him? No, I don't think so. So I don't really care about it. Is I'm just being honest. I just don't. Maybe that's more on me, but that is the truth. That's what my uh, my stomach tells me. I think coming in and going face-to-face with Randy Orton and having a match with him, even though it was short and had a stupid finish, is far better than what we've seen from many NXT guys over the last few years. He doesn't have to go through Baron Corbin or Dolph Ziggler who act like gatekeepers. He has gone toe-to-toe with a dude that many of us thought 24 hours before that was going to win the title of SummerSlam. Uh, Probably is going to win the title from Drew McIntyre at some point in the future now that he's murdered him, which is a good enough reason to act as if that's why Drew isn't as uh, strong as he once was. And if we then kind of segue off into that, keeping Keith Lee at the top of the card and maybe going after the Universal Championship at some point, I can't hate that. I can't be mad at it. Like, is it the way that I would do it? No. Of course, you'd, you'd rather he beat Randy Orton because what a statement that is. Remember when Kevin Owens came in and beat John Cena? People were like, flub me. And what we have to remember, and I think this kind of works both ways, is that Randy Orton, Randy Orton Keith Lee being an NXT uh, alumni means nothing to a huge portion of the raw audience because they don't watch nxt they just don't look at the numbers right so so many people only know him from what survivor series last year in the raw rumble if they even saw those pay-per-views maybe they just read results maybe they watched on youtube i don't know so i still think coming in like i say being toe-to-toe with a guy like orton who sold for him very well is i wouldn't say it's great but i would say that it is good and it got me very excited that's the thing i'm intrigued about this match at payback Really worried that WWE's backed themselves into a corner, which they do a lot. However, saw the most crazy fantasy booking on the internet where somebody was like, well, maybe Brock Lesnar comes in and interrupts that match. We do Brock Lesnar versus Keith Lee. And then I just died on the floor because, oh my gosh, I want that more than anything. Because even if Brock won, which again, I wouldn't be a fan of, I'd rather Keith Lee won again for everything we've just talked about. I think Lesnar would sell for him in a way like he did at the Royal Rumble that would still... Give him a little bit of a shine. But, you know, ultimately, these new guys should be beating the Brock Lesnar's and the Randy Orton's. Because look what happened to Drew McIntyre when you're able to do that. Does it even matter if Brock loses twice? No. Brock Lesnar is going to be Brock Lesnar now until he decides to retire from wrestling. You don't have to worry about his spot on the card. So there's a lot of unanswered questions. We're not going to get them till Sunday. But when I woke up this morning and saw the absolute... Oh, I just I think we're focusing on the wrong things here. And I don't think it's as bad as... Because I obviously saw that before I'd seen Raw. So I was expecting some kind of disaster. Again, people kept going, he's wearing a skirt, he's wearing a skirt. I mean, it was just like baggy shorts. It kind of looked like what a gladiator wears to me. I, I honestly didn't mind it. I really, really didn't. It depends on what their plan is for retribution. <laughs> retribution, for payback. Uh, again, the, the, the pay-per-view we've got in a few days. But I am intrigued. I really, really, really am. And I thought after Randy Orton had murdered Drew McIntyre after the third punt kit and he had been taken to a local medical facility, Keith Lee's very uh, deliberate and, I can't think of the right word, but methodical promo was awesome. And he just comes across like a badass. He comes across like a top guy badass. And I I don't think WWE won't see it. 
And you can call me an idiot, and I probably am an idiot, but I'd much rather be a positive Pete than a negative Nancy. It makes watching WWE so much fun. And I don't have the option not to watch it. I'm very blessed and lucky that it's my job. <laughs> what are we talking about on the podcast? Absolutely nothing. So I am going to say right now that it's a plus. I liked it. It's a thumbs up. I enjoyed it. I could be saying something completely different in a week, but that's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll take it as it comes. But I thought it was wonderful to see Keith Lee on Raw. He probably could have gone there two years ago, and I think he would have been ready for it. I don't think he learned or did that much in NXT, although it was worth it just for him winning those two belts, even though the it was clearly done just to pop a rating, which kind of sucks a little bit. But hey-ho, what do you do? What do you do? On, onwards we go. Uh, so let's move over to SummerSlam and get that out of the way um, before we talk about Raw and everything else going on in the world. Uh, NXT I thought was good too, just to throw that in there. Um, all pretty decent matches. Again, the last one was a little bit... Yeah, a little bit weak for me, but I thought Timothy Thatcher versus Finn Balor was the highlight of the night. I liked Io Shirai versus Dakota Kai. Uh, the ladder matches, the ladder match, you know what you're going to get from WWE ladder matches. If you don't, again, it's like what I say about AEW multi-man matches. Just don't watch them because you already know what it's going to be beforehand. So you can make that decision. And uh, I can't even remember what else was on there. But I enjoyed it all. I did. I thought it, it flew by. It was it was easy to watch. Fun times all around. I just desperately miss a crowd. And uh, going back into full sail at the moment after the Thunderdome is is difficult. I know the Thunderdome has serious audio issues. issues. We can't get away from that anymore. Like, it sounds awful <laughs> when you have this kind of distractive, um, distracting audio that's not linking up to what you're seeing on the screen. But... I'm going to assume it's a work in progress and that it will be sorted, but it is bad. Well, not bad, but it's, again, it's distracting. It's just very, very, very distracting, and you don't want to be distracted <laughs> for, for obvious reasons. But yeah, but moving on to SummerSlam, was disappointed that Polo Cruz and MVP was on the, on the pre-show because it's so strange because then we get back to Raw and they're still investing loads of story into it, even though now we're moving on to Lashley versus Apollo Crews. But it's just, they've just taught me. Again, it's um, it's Pavlovian conditioning. I've been taught that if you're on the pre-show, whatever is happening isn't as important as anything that's happening on the main show. But Apollo Crews won, which was the right thing. And um, I, I, some people get real mad about this arm wrestling thing on Raw. Like, it didn't make any sense. But as a little skit, I was completely unoffended by it. Or inoffended. No, it's not inoffended. Unoffended. Inoffended. Uh, this is why I do need to be on Twitch, so that people can tell me off for my madness. But I just thought it was fun. It was fine. Apollo Crews gets away. I'm really hoping that Cedric Alexander goes heel, even though Bobby Lashley absolutely wrecked him in Raw Underground. So why the hell he would now join those three, I don't know. But maybe they beat some. <laughs> they beat, beat him so loopy he decides to do it. The, the thing with the Hurt Business now is they can't, if they're not in Raw Underground again next week, if they go away and it's not explained because of their return this week, again, I'm just going to roll my eyes. I can't handle the toing, the throwing, the dropping of stories. Like Ivar versus Dolph Ziggler just didn't happen this week on Raw Underground. And we got Dolph Ziggler versus Bobby Lashley, which I still enjoyed, especially when Lashley threw Dolph into a wall. I was like, yeah, you chuck that boy. But you have to... You know, you, you can't keep telling me these things are going to happen and they don't because what I do is I then think, I think the problem is me. I've said this before and I go back and I watch last week's episode or I try and find, I try and find what, uh, what I need to guarantee, uh, what do you call it, justify my thoughts. And then nine times out of ten, I'm like, nope, you're right, Simon. They just changed their minds. You can't do that without an explanation, especially because they were both on the show. It would have taken two seconds to go, oh no, Bobby Leslie threw Dolph Ziggler into a wall. He can't fight Ivar now. That was actually five seconds. Anyway, uh, the Bailey Oscar, Sasha Banks stuff throughout the night at SummerSlam I thought was awesome. Thought it was awesome on Raw as well. 
you know, the the the, the while the lumberjack match was a bit stuff just happens. At least it allowed Bailey to get involved without you know being DQ'd. And then when she went to hit her with a chair and screwed up, Oscar is able to win again because you know Bailey isn't pulling her weight when it comes to their friendship. And that was the same on on on, on SummerSlam too, right? Uh, Sasha Banks throws herself in the way of danger to help Bailey, and Bailey won't do it back. Some people going on about the execution. I just think all these three women are doing awesomely. I think it's one of the best things that WWE has. I presume that Oscar and Sasha Banks, well, Oscar, no, Bailey and Sasha Banks will lose the tag championships this Sunday at Payback to the bizarre team of Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler, and I've got nothing to talk about. Well, I do, but I've got nothing to really say. I don't know. I thought it was going to be Shayna Baszler and Oscar, but we stopped that story. I don't know how saying sorry can have your suspension stopped. I don't get any of it. Some of the backstage scripting those two poor people had to say to each other made me embarrassed to be a wrestling fan. They're going to win the championships, and I suppose they're going to... I, I think we're, we're in August, September, October, November, December, January, February, March, April. And there's still eight months till WrestleMania. That's probably too long. But I think the split up between Bailey and Sasha Banks is going to happen sooner rather than later. But they haven't skipped a beat with it so far, WWE. I, I, I don't think that at all. Again, there's no justification for Sasha Banks having a lumberjack match rematch for the title. But we take what we can get. We take what we can get. I, I, I did like it all, though, and I'm always excited to see them. You know, they annoy me in the way they're, they're, they're amazing heels because it's so difficult to piss people off in 2020 because everybody knows everything. And, you know, we, 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 the curtain has been so pulled back, it's hard to forget it. However, they are like that weird little noise that Bailey makes drives me nuts. And every time it gets me, I'm like, oh, she got me because it's great, right? That's exactly what I want. So, yeah, I'm, um, I am I just love everything they did. And I love the matches. I love Oscar being Raw Champion again. No idea who she feuds with. Because if Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax are all tied up together, and you're going to do Bailey Sasha Banks, I presume this is the issue with not sharing the wealth. Do you have any other? Maybe there's somebody I'm forgetting, but I don't think there's anyone else ready to go. Uh, talking to that, Manny Rose, Sonya Deville, it was fine. I gave it a free pass. If everything that Sonya Deville has gone through in the last couple of weeks, uh, if you don't know, someone basically just broke into a house and was a crazy stalker and was going to kidnap her. The fact she even turned up to do this match, amazing. I mean that too. Things are more important than wrestling, and this is one of them. And it was a, you know, loser leaves WWE. She can just come back. Just come up with some stupid story. Again, nine times out of ten, you shouldn't do that because it waters down the believability in Stips. But again, nine times out of ten. This is the ten time out of ten when you just have to take a step back, remember what wrestling is, remember what real life is, and move on from there. But I thought it was fine. It was decent. It probably could have been five minutes shorter, and it was only ten minutes. But I'm going to assume they had other things on their mind. Same thing with Street Profits and Andrade and Angel Garza for the Raw titles. The Street Profits just won. What I don't get is on Raw, you then have Angel Garza taking on Montez Ford, as if to suggest this feud is going to continue. I mean, if you did Montez Ford versus Zelina Vega, <laughs> then I'd get it because she poisoned the man. She poisoned him. You wouldn't do that match, obviously, in WWE. But storyline-wise, that makes sense. But how you... how We need another tag team. We need another tag team to actually take on the Street Profits because I think it's actually hurting the Street Profits' reign because the Andrade Angel Garza stuff never felt like a proper feud. It felt like they were feuding between themselves. And then, oh, well, we'll just go have a match with with those guys as well but again who's ready who's a tag team i can't even think of any do we even see any other tag teams on raw we probably do and i'm forgetting but none are popping up into my brain 
It's madness. It's the tag team division in WWE is so strange. It was so crazy. And the match was fine at SummerSlam. I just, I do not get the direction we, we, we are headed in whatsoever with it. Uh, I loved Seth Rollins versus Dominic Mysterio. Dominic, fair play to you. And Pat McAfee, or however you pronounce his stupid last name. I keep getting it wrong. Just excellent, excellent, excellent debuts. I don't care what their backgrounds are or who trained them or whose sons they are. I've had a first wrestling match. And it's flipping terrifying for one. And I imagine it's going to be the same for, for most people that step into it. But it's also so hard. And that's why if you're one of these idiots going, oh, Dominic Mysterio's condition is really bad. You get in a wrestling ring. I don't like it when people say that mostly because I think you are allowed to have an opinion regardless. But not when it comes... Getting in wrestling conditioning shape is so hard. I remember at one point before the pandemic, I was basically having Friday, Saturday, Sunday match. Friday, Saturday, Sunday match. And I was training in wrestling Tuesdays and Thursdays for three hours at a time. And even then I wasn't in wrestling conditioning shape because it's so hard to get in wrestling conditioning shape. And this was with me eating healthy, doing an hour of cardio every day in my own time, going to the gym and lifting weights. It's insane the kind of cardiovascular uh, health you need to do what like a Kurt Angle did or a Shawn Michaels or a Triple H or, or any of these guys. Even a Brock Lesnar who obviously blows up and goes red, he's still got it in him. CM Punk was really good for that too. But I loved it. I did think them having a wrestling match at first was a little bit odd because it was a street fight and Dominic's dad had his eye ripped out. I know what they were trying to do. They were trying to show what Dominic Mysterio was able to do. And it made sense for Seth to do it because Seth is always going to be looking down his nose at this, but I think Dominic should have run wild. But when we did start running wild, yeah, just great. Crazy kendo stick shots, crazy power bombs, tables. The the emotion with Angie, his mom, and, you know, Ray. I mean, Ray saying he wasn't going to help is stupid, but, you know, I get it. It's pro wrestling. If you're going to break it down that much, uh, you know, where the hell are you going to end up? So, uh, yeah, I, was, I thought that was really well done. It was a proper WWE-style thing, but it was a WWE-style thing done as well as you possibly could have hoped for. And that's why, um, yeah, that's why I loved it as, as much as I did. Um, the fallout on Raw was interesting because obviously they told us it was going to be Dominic and Ray versus um, Rollins and Murphy. To me, we should have built that for the pay-per-view. And now I think we are going to have it on the pay-per-view. But it just seemed to come out of nowhere, which ties into this whole thing of 100 miles an hour build we've got to do to try and justify having the second show. It's always a shame when we don't get a finish in a match on WWE because they do it so much. But I actually wasn't as annoyed as I am usually that it was Retribution getting involved. They've obviously put the wrestlers who are going to be Retribution in the suits because they were three times as big. <laughs> they look like wrestlers. They really did crit the, crit the crap out of Dom and Ray, which I doubly liked because, you know, Ray was trying to protect his boy. So there was that emotion there again. And again, it's an ongoing story. And I thought it was quite funny how Seth Rollins thought it was the funniest thing he'd ever seen in his life. I don't know whether, I mean, Rey Mysterio tweeted something out about the pay-per-view and obviously being payback. So I don't know what we're going to do there. Maybe Seth Rollins is in control of Retribution. But it was the first time that they actually, to me, felt like, okay, these guys are, they're the real deal. I mean, you have to stop flicking the light switch on and off and you have to escalate and build on this. I also don't understand why the SmackDown locker room are best buddies. You know, they, they, they come out to help each other when Retribution is around. But when, when a dad and his son is having a problem, eh. <laughs> we'll just let them get killed. WWE misses these little things so much. But I thought, given that I thought it was a little bit ludicrous, they weren't at SummerSlam, which, you know, in the world of kayfabe, it is a huge event for WWE. I'm glad they did something relatively big on Raw. And I think Rey Mysterio is such a good baby face that I'll always root for him. So you may as well get those guys to go after him. So I'm not going to crap on it too much. Uh, I mean, match of the entire weekend was Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton for the WWE title. The only thing that wounded me was... 
that I, I know it wasn't a roll up, but a surprise pin. Because this was the perfect time to use a surprise pin to have that finish. But as it was the 66th one <laughs> since March 2020. I mean, look, you can argue with me. You're more than allowed to. And I'll always listen to other people's opinions. Of course I would. But um, it's just, it just ruins it for me. It just does. It's like I saw this earlier in the night. I've seen it on Raw. I've seen it on SmackDown. It's WWE's get out of jail free card. So when you do want to use it, and like I say, an absolute barn burner of about between these two with the WWE title on the line, which makes it more interesting. It just takes away some of the fun and some of the shock. And uh, again, it's, it's the law of diminishing returns. It's the boy who cried wolf, blah, blah, boring, boring, boring. But it's absolutely true. It just is. So I can get over it because again, out of context, wonderful. One of my favorite WWE title matches for ages. It really, really was. And the fact that we didn't have to rely on RKOs and Claymore kicks made it even more unique. Um, and who knows, maybe we'll learn from this. We didn't get any of, any of them on Raw, but uh, I thought it was tremendous. And it sets up a, it's a perfect excuse to have another one as and when you want to do it. But yeah, it's massive. I, I can't tell how much I enjoyed it. I really, really, really did. And, um, you know, the, the, the surprise roll-up thing was more of an ups and downs thing in terms of my own fan life. It, it didn't take anything away from it because it's just great. Oh, it was just great. So, yeah, brilliant match. Um, and I like The Fiend versus Braun Strowman. As I found out afterwards, I was completely by myself. I thought it was short. I don't think it went more than 12 minutes max. They did what they had to do. The ending was stupid. But again, we're talking about Hocus Pocus magic people here. And I did think when um, Braun Strowman got the box cutter, box cutter, I thought he was going to stab the feet. <laughs> That's what I thought he was going to do. I thought he's going to stab him. He's going to kill him. Oh, how I laughed. How I laughed. It was so funny. So, so funny. But um, he didn't. Instead, he decided to cut the ring up. And more for him, he waited way too long. That allowed Bray Wyatt to hit him with Sister Abigail about nine times and, and he pinned him. I didn't mind it because I don't think Braun Strowman as Universal Champion has worked, nor do I think it necessarily worked with The Fiend, but it's the lesser of two evils. But I thought Roman Reigns coming back and wrecking everyone was flipping awesome, as his t-shirt said. I am a fan of Roman Reigns. I've always thought some of the stick that he got was unfair. Uh, WWE brought some of it on himself with Sucker and Suckatash and, you know, putting him in situations where it was only going to piss everybody off. But I think we lost sight of the talent that Roman Reign has. You don't have to like him. Everyone's like, I don't have to like him. No, you don't. But I am allowed to like him. You see, that's how it works. And I think in terms of just a pure wrestler, I think he's great. I really, really do. I enjoy his matches. AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan, um, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose when he was back there. I enjoyed all of that. I, I truly did. And the big question is now is, is he going to be a heel? Is he going to be a face? So many people have jumped on the heel bandwagon. I'm going to take that a little bit more cautiously because, of course, this is WWE we're talking about. And ultimately, I don't think he has to be a good guy or a bad guy. We're going back to Vince McMahon in late 1997, but that's most definitely passe. I'm just ripping off everything I said in my What Culture video about this. But it all depends who he targets, whether he is a good guy or a bad guy. But it doesn't matter... Just keep this, it's the attitude that counts, right? It's the attitude, it's the way he holds himself, it's how he wrestles, it's the positions that he's put in. I'm a little bit scared because they've already announced the payback, it's a three-way, uh, no holds barred or false count anywhere, well, it won't be false count anywhere, that was SummerSlam, I think no holds barred, so no DQ match uh, between Braun, The Fiend, and Roman. Do not give him the championship this soon. Like, if you want to have Fiend pin Braun again and send Braun off to do something else, that's fine. You want to do the Fiend versus Roman, that's fine. But it's all about how Roman is treated. He needs to have new ring attire. He needs to have new moves. He needs to have new music. He needs to feel as far away from the shield and the Roman Reigns that has this almost Pavlovian conditioning booing 
thrust upon him that we possibly can. And we have to use this return and this comeback, which you're going to do once, like we did for a Chris Jericho, like we did for The Undertaker. I know it's on a lesser level, but do not Mustafa Ali him. And what we did with Mustafa Ali is he came back on Raw. Some people were super excited. And then he was on main event two weeks later, losing to Riddick Moss, which I haven't got a problem with, but make up your damn mind. And if we go back to old school Roman, it would just feel like a missed opportunity. And really, there was nothing wrong with old school Roman in and of itself, but it didn't work. Old, you know, well, I'm not saying it didn't work, but there was a huge portion of the fan base that wasn't going to buy in. And the way he was shouting at Braun, like, you're not a monster without me. And it was a bit weird with The Fiend going, you couldn't handle the responsibility. I was like, I'm pretty sure The Fiend is not a responsible kind of a dude. But there was more of an attitude there. There was more of an edge. And there was just a grittiness that I think really spoke to the idea of who Roman Reigns could be as a character. And I don't want to get rid of that. I really, really don't want to get rid of that. But we're not going to know anything until SmackDown. But I thought the ending was of such quality that I do want to tune into SmackDown to see what's going to happen. So you can't get too mad at that. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, SummerSlam I thought was decent all around. I really really enjoyed the show. Not perfect, and again, a down doesn't equal you know badness overall. It just meant something I watched and I thought, yeah, not the not the greatest thing that I've seen. And, and look, we did do a lot in 24 hours. Ultimately, too much, uh, all things considered. Um, where is this payback card? We should get it up. Where's the payback card? There it is. I've got it on my screen. So at the moment, we've got Keith Lee versus Randy Orton. Fear, a lot of fear. The Fiend versus Braun versus Roman and No Holds Barred for the title. Apollo versus Bobby Lashley for the title, US title. And Bailey and Sasha Banks versus Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax for the Women's Tag Team Championship. I don't think you need to make it a super pay-per-view, do you? It only needs to be about two hours tops. So I guess you add in a couple more matches from SmackDown and they'll do more than six. But I don't think you do need to do more than six, but... We're going to find out. We're going to find out one way or the other. It's, it feels very, very strange, especially because we have All Out the week after that. And did we, we didn't, of course, we didn't talk about it. It was Saturday night. I mean, Drew versus Randy ran it close and the Roman return. But the absolute annihilation of Cody Rhodes on AEW Dynamite, what a tremendous angle all around. Instantly made the Dark Order feel like badasses. Made Brody Lee far bigger star than he has been probably ever. I don't know what this, the deal is with Cody, but I thought it was a wonderful twist and I thought he sold it all brilliantly. Absolutely excellent for me. Really, really good. Love being surprised. Um, I love it when somebody is happy to put over, let's use the right terminology, someone to that degree, because it's only going to help. You know, we're not going to forget about this anytime soon. So an absolute tremendous piece of business, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. And a good dynamite all around. I think John Moxley is fantastic. I think he totally gets how to cut a promo and be a main event guy. I think MGF is flipping brilliant. All of this nonsense he's doing now is absolutely my kind of sports entertainment. And yeah, sure, some people don't, um, some people don't like that because they want AEW to be AEW. But I, look, when I'm entertained... Uh, I'm entertained. It's as simple as that. It's as far as it goes. And then you've got all these interweaving storylines with, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks and Hangman Page and FTR. Throwing Tully Blanchard in with them from nowhere. They should have just, they should, that, that segment they did halfway through the show should have opened Dynamite. That should have been the first thing that we saw. FTR teaming up with Tully, Hangman Page busting in, planting that seed, and then going into the match. Because there was a lot of, wait, What? It was a lot of, lot of confusion, I thought. So uh, these are minor things, because again, by the end of the show, I was like, okay, I've been caught up. But both companies at the moment seem to, well, actually, what they're doing is they're respecting the audience too much, is, is what they're doing. Or they're just straight up forgetting, but I can't believe that's true. Maybe from WWE. They're not forgetting, they just don't care. 
Um, but I think I don't always like it when people hold your hand. I get why they do it. Like on Raw, for example, when Randy Orton kept looking behind him before his match with Keith Lee, he was worried um, that Drew McIntyre was going to attack him. And then Tom Phillips, Tom Phillips, Tom Phillips jumps on commentary and is all like, oh, he's looking out for Drew McIntyre. I'd rather that was just left unspoken because I think that it gives you a little bit of, um, and it just makes you feel like you're part of a special club, if that makes any sense. Um, but in this case, I think we needed someone to bash us over the head and be like, no, no, it's, uh, it's you know, they've teamed up with each other. I mean, oh, okay. It was just so exciting like on Anderson at one point. And I know they did the angle the week before, and obviously in hindsight, that makes perfect sense. But yeah, just uh, very strange. Very, very strange. Not something that I was expecting, but uh, uh, I liked it. I thought Dynamite was great. I thought, I thought it was a great weekend of wrestling. I can't even remember what happened on SmackDown. It was so long ago. Um I genuinely can't. AJ Styles lost the Intercontinental title to, to Jeff Hardy, which is fine. That's fine. I don't really care. It was Matt Riddle even on that show. This is how long ago. I can't remember. It doesn't matter because it was the go-home show for SummerSlam. We've had SummerSlam now. But I do recall that I enjoyed the wrestling weekend a lot. So in that sense, it's a, it's a win all round. Happy days from me. Hopefully you were able to catch up on all the ups and downs that we did. Uh, I pulled a quadruple header. And thanks to all the people that messaged me saying, why are you doing it? Man, I just do what I'm asked. I don't have any say. I don't have any power. I just People say, Miller, can you do this? And if I can, I say yes. And if I can't, I say no. It's called having a job. It's a very cool job. And I'm very blessed and lucky to have it. And I hope it never goes away. But that is the uh, that is the truth. We also saw the end of Rene Young. The end. Well, technically true, because her real name is like Rene Gobor or something. So yeah, Rene Young actually got to have quite a nice farewell on the SummerSlam pre-show panel. And WWE and all their Twitter accounts, Triple H, Vince McMahon have all said wonderful things. So it's it's a nice bit of positivity in wrestling that you don't often get. And that filled me with glee because sometimes it can be so negative. Like the fact I like the Keith Lee thing has already made my life a living hell. Not really because I don't care, but it just it would just be nice if we could like what we uh, like what we liked. Oh, there's two other things we should talk about. One, yes, Roman Reigns got new teeth. I really couldn't care less. Good for him. I hope his teeth are wonderful. He's, he's going to move into Hollywood sooner or later. So and everybody does it. Would I get new teeth if I could? Probably. Why not? I haven't got the money. And uh, Alistair Black turned heel on Kevin Owens, which I enjoyed. It doesn't make any sense, because why the hell wouldn't he go after Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy? Don't call him Buddy. Who took out uh, Who took out his eye. I thought they told us his eye didn't come out. Whatever. Doesn't matter. I think as long as he comes out with a killer promo next week... I mean, because the thing is, it's, it's one of those weird things where... Are you kidding me? Kevin Owens versus Alistair Black? All about that kind of match. All about that kind of a match. That's like a terrific match, and a match that I'm going to enjoy... Uh, immensely but you've got to have the right story and it, what it seems to have been is they set kevin owens up for a potential feud with seth rollins if ray mysterio didn't sign ray mysterio signed and now we need to move the pieces um i would rather wwe took their time and moved them sensically but hey ho we'll just have to wait and see uh, we'll have to wait and see uh, and see what goes down um but yeah i i didn't I didn't think it was a bad weekend overall. And while Raw seems to have split the opinion a little bit, I'm not totally against it, is, is, what, I will, is what I will say. I tell you what I am intrigued about. What happens with Otis? Because Otis right now either has to take on, essentially, The Fiend, Braun Strowman, or Roman Reigns. I think Otis needs to move to Raw. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think he's going to have a very good time. If he hangs around on uh, on SmackDown at the moment, I really don't know what they're going to do with him. Like I'm genuinely, genuinely confused and and concerned because I think he deserves something. I don't know what that thing is, but I think he deserves 
not necessarily, I think maybe, maybe it would be worth putting the title on him, but he's only going to be a transitional champion. And then who really wants to watch something like Otis versus Roman Reigns? I don't know. What I would like to build to now that Roman Reigns is back is I would like to build by the end of the year, Big E versus Roman Reigns. And everyone rolls their eyes at that, but it's different. It's fresh. That's what I want. I want new matchups that sound exciting. I don't want the same thing over and over again. And if we are going to push Big E, then let's push him. Let's have him take out Roman Reigns. Hey, we're all mad that Keith Lee didn't do the same to Randy Orton. Do it here. And it likely won't happen because Roman's only just come back. But you just don't know. You don't know is ultimately the thing. But um, other news, people being absolute numpties in the Thunderdome uh, you know, digital fan panels. It blows my flipping brain. You wear a KKK outfit. These are all real as well, in case you haven't heard. Some people wearing KKK outfits. Others showing pictures of Chris Benoit, of executions. It's, it's, it's disappointing. <laughs> and it's psychotic. And, and many, 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 many other things. I, and I know it's the minority. I really, really do. I don't want to spend too long talking about it because it's exactly what they want. But... It's just like everyone, because everyone got upset this week, right? Oh, I can't believe it. I can't believe it that uh, the WWE's got a producer in the Thunderdome fans' ears and he's trying to direct them to what to do. This surprised me not one iota. WWE's wanted to do this since the dawn of time. They don't like the fact you booed Lex Luger. They don't like the fact that you booed Roman Reigns. They wanted to cheer these people. So I I'm like, you know, is it great? Nah, but who cares, right? But no wonder they're doing it if you're going to do this kind of stuff. It's a two way street. I just couldn't believe it. The KKK, oh, my word. Blows my flipping brain, that stuff does. No one needs to get mad about anything. No one needs to get mad. I'd much rather we focus on the audio, right? The audio needs to be better. It's a bit distracting. It doesn't really relate to what we're seeing. Okay, work in progress. But we're not going to get there if WWE now has to double down on the time kicking the morons out. They think they're flipping hilarious when they are not. It's embarrassing. It's immature. I'm serious. I'm serious. I mean it. I don't like it. It's dumb. And then these stories break into the mainstream and all my friends that hate wrestling go, Miller, is this true? And I have to go, yes. Yes, it is. It's like, why did the Miz host Talking Smack this week? Because nobody told Xavier Woods. That's the kind of stuff we have to stop. <laughs> On a completely unrelated note too, I want Sami Zayn to be the leader of Retribution. I think that would be... Uh... I think that would be absolutely tremendous and make all the sense in the world. And he'd be pissed off. And whoever is in that team is going to get over uh, massively because Sami Zayn knows how to get people over. I miss Sami Zayn. I think he's tremendous. I still can't believe he wasn't booked as the underdog from the underground for longer than he was because he was a terrific under underdog. He absolutely was. But hey, he's a great heel too. Um, a quick uh, sort of odd side note before we... Not odd side note, but sort of a out of nowhere side note before we move into questions um brian zane who is the host of wrestling with regret his mother passed away this weekend and i don't know why it affected me so much i guess because we do similar things and i have a mum right so i just wanted to give a shout out to him i doubt he listens to this podcast uh, nor do i want anyone to go and send this to him it's not being done for clout or anything like that in fact please do not do that because i'm sure he has other things to worry about but i'm just a believer in uh, sending goodwill out into the world and he's a good good. I've met him a couple of times. Uh, I like his I like his channel a lot. Um, and again, you know, we're, we're all in the same business here. We're all just trying to make a buck off YouTube and a buck off wrestling. And again, good hearted man. And I can't even imagine what he's going through. Alas, something we're all going to have to go through at some point, but something that we kind of deep down hope that never happens. Like when you watch a movie 
um, and you know the ending's bad and you watch it for the third, fourth time, you secretly hope it's not going to happen even though you know what it will. So I just thought that was important. I don't think I've missed anything. I probably have. I usually do when someone says, Simon, you didn't talk about this and Simon, you didn't talk about that. But that's good, right? I know it's good because I've seen the analytics and if we go over an hour, everybody stops listening. So it's good to get through it as much as we can. But I asked you for some questions, so let's answer them. And we will start with Gareth Jones who says, what's your thoughts on Roman's return? He'll turn tweener or badass face like Drew. Uh, we kind of touched upon it. I think it's too early to to say. I think the most important thing with Roman is that we treat him like the badass that we always wanted him to be. And then, I think I said this in a video, but if he goes after Daniel Bryan, we'll hate him because we all have Daniel Bryan. And if he goes after Braun Strowman, we'll all roll our eyes. But to me, it's always been about the presentation of Roman Reigns. And again, if we all shake that, we shake all that up, the music, the attire, so on and so forth, I think it'll be good all around. I just want to be entertained. I think you should have good guys and bad guys. Uh, I think that it um, makes it far more interesting. Uh, it just works for wrestling. I, I get the shades of grey thing, but I like it when... I just think you can tell better stories, right? Much as Shakespeare did. Jamie Firth. Is it intentional that WWE botch main roster call-ups? Latest is Keith Lee with his awful new entrance theme and making him wear some awful gear. Ricochet, Alistair Black, Bobby Roode, Sanity. The list seems endless. Well, Jamie, um, you're allowed to be. Uh, I can't really comment on your first bit because I'm quite positive on the Keith Lee thing for now. You're more than welcome to call me a bald idiot in a week when I get it wrong. But hey, I'm going to have a great seven days being excited about it. And while sometimes that is a little bit dumb... Uh, it's resting's not that important <laughs> in the grand scheme of things. So I'd much rather approach it that way. Uh, I can't argue with, uh, I'd say Alistair Black is somewhere in between. He hasn't been all bad, but it hasn't been all good. Uh, but yeah, Bobby Roode, Sanity, Ricochet. It's because Vince McMahon, we forget they're two different companies. Vince McMahon doesn't know these people from NXT. So he'll, he'll, he'll judge them as and when he sees them. And we've already made up our minds and we want more of them. It sucks. There's no two ways about it. There should be a better system. And hopefully one day there will be. Thomas Speller, are you tired after the busiest wrestling weekend? Thank you for all you have done for the community. I can't think of a question. Just wanted to tell you how much I appreciate all you do. Thomas, that is very, very kind. That is very, very kind. Because, uh, yeah, you know, the more you talk about this stuff, and I get it, and I'm happy to take it. Um, people, you always get some negativity in there. But it's nice to get the positivity too. I am pretty damn exhausted. Uh, I haven't had, I've, not that I mind, um, I've, I, like I say, I always say this, I have an awesome job, but it's still work and your brain still gets tired and I have to smash through till this weekend as well because I've got to go away and sort some personal things out. Uh, but it's all right. It's all good. We'll keep going. We'll keep ticking those boxes and whatever will be, will be. But thank you, Tom, and thank you for your support. Uh, Stuart Erridge, does Bob Backlund have one title run left in him? You damn right he does. I love Bob Backlund. What a crazy mother hubbard that guy was. It's, it's almost amazing. He is, if you kind of go through his career, he's basically a legend. And yet, <laughs> he's also known as a crazed loon. How old is he now? Let's find out. Bob Backlund. I'm going to say he's 65. Make your guesses. I'll give you 10 seconds. I won't. You've got less than that. He's 71. Wow, he's a lot older than I thought. It'd be a shame when Bob Backlund goes. I always like Bob Backlund. His matches with Bret Hart made me laugh. Uh, Thomas also says, following on from a post on this page, when do you think was NXT's best period? Well, my favorite is when Shinsuke Nakamura came in to take on Sami Zayn in the following six months. I'd actually think there was better periods, but that's when I was enjoying it the most. And that's probably because I saw Nakamura's uh, debut live and it just, um, 
it just blew my brain. But uh, there's probably been better ones. And Tom also says, if Triple H was to split from NXT and make it its own promotion, sorry, split NXT from WWE and make it its own promotion, would it succeed? Uh, who are the five wrestlers you could see taking with him? Where would they rank in the list of top promotions currently? Well, the problem is, if he removed it from WWE, he wouldn't be able to call it NXT. So you're starting from scratch. And I'm not sure the marketplace is big enough because so many people would jump to AEW. I think we've seen that in the ratings that there'd be somewhat of a, of a struggle. I mean, the five wrestlers he'd take, I would guess, would be Io Shirai, Adam Cole. I think he'd take Damian Priest after hearing what he said about him the other day. Probably Bronson Reed and Rhea Ripley would be my guess. But I'd have to sit down and, and see the roster. Um... I don't know, that's a tough one. That, that's a tough one. I don't think it would succeed, though, no. I think it's, uh, especially with Ring of Honor and Impact and New Japan and Stardom and all these other companies trying to take up space, be it on a high level or more of a niche level, it's getting it's getting harder and harder. Uh, when is the Q&A for the YouTube channel you posted about the community feed coming out? You, uh, you can't possibly mean the one I posted about an hour ago. <laughs> I hope not. Anyway, uh, if you mean the one before that, it's up. It's been up for four weeks. It, they always go live the first uh, month, first week of the month. Uh, go back to early August and you shall find it, my friend. Uh, ben says, who do you want to see as members of Retribution? Can be NXT guys and girls on main roster. Just fantasy book what you want. As long as Sami Zayn is the leader, I don't care. Because it's all about the leader has to be somebody established because let's say it is Dominic Dijakovic or, or, or whoever. Some people said Mia Yim is one of the girls. It, it means nothing to people that don't know who NXT is. So we absolutely have to make sure they have a leader that we recognize and that we respect, for lack of a better term, and then he can sell them on the rest of the group. But uh, to me, it's more about what, why are they doing this? They have to have a really strong reason for why they're doing this because that's why the NXT uh, Nexus group was so good because they had a real interesting purpose to why they did want revenge against WWE. Uh, Alain says, oh, it's Lamel KH2, says, part of me is torn between Bray retaining and Reigns cutting the Reigns short, no pun intended. Establishing was a heel and setting up a lengthy Fiend versus Roman feud. I don't know if he's going to be a heel, man. I think some people are going to be disappointed. I don't want Bray to lose it only a week later, but if it makes for a great long-term feud where Bray wants to get revenge and struggle to, I'd find it captivating. What do you think is the best way to go? I absolutely would not have Roman Reigns win the title unless he is going to be pitched 100% bad guy. And as I don't think they're going to do that, I think it would be a massive mistake. I think you're going to open old wounds. I think the internet community is going to melt down. I can't handle much more of that because you can't do anything nowadays. <laughs> Not you, my friend. I'm talking about the general people. So it all depends on how they are going to pitch Roman Reigns. I think The Fiend will probably beat Braun Strowman again at payback. And then we'll go into... Uh, uh, we'll go into the Fiend-Roman thing properly. And that's why I think Roman's going to be a face, which is why it's more about presentation. Richard Ingman, do you think the Undisputed Era would do well as a group on the main roster or would they be better separated? They'd do better as a group if they were booked well as a group, but we've kind of already touched on that. Would they be booked well as a group? And then I think you can split them out. Uh, Adam Cole has probably more of an upside than anybody else, but again, we all know the difference about size. It would be an interesting one. And who says they ever have to leave? NXT is his own property. It's got a show on uh, national television. Maybe they'll just stay there. Maybe they'll just stay there forever. I'd like to see them as a group. I like factions. Uh, Brian says, with Roman coming back, is there a way to keep both The Fiend and Reign strong? Does Roman align with Wyatt as part of the theme of wrestling with The Fiend? You revert to your former self. Would those team teaming up on Reigns be enough to protect him in a loss? Well, it'd be terrible storytelling because they try to kill each other. Um... I just think Braun Strowman's going to be taken out of the world title picture. He was never meant to be there anyway. He was a replacement when Reigns uh, went home. 
And I think now he'll be moved on to do something else and we'll just get a straight match between The Fiend and Roman. And people are going to be upset because I don't think he's going to be a heel. Matt Brown, have AEW botched Sean Spears post his feud with Cody? And if so, how would you rebuild him? I love his look, entrance, music, and character. and would like to see him adopt a stronger position on the card. Uh, I don't believe in botches <laughs> and stuff like that, which I know people always roll their eyes at. Uh, could they have booked him better? Yes, but do I still think he's had plenty of good moments? Yes, I do. And I truly mean that. And if he is involved in this Four Horsemen storyline then all will be, you know, all will be well. To me, like a proper, proper botch is Rusev, right? Rusev was over. The fans were desperate for him. Um, and then we didn't give it to the fans. That's what I meant when I just said I didn't really explain it very well. That, to me, is dropping the ball because you had the ball. Whereas I would say Sean Spears has done okay, but there hasn't sort of been a, a desperate desire to do anything major with him. And now, hopefully... Uh, we'll get that again with this four horsemen thing if that is the way that we're going phil tompkins what do you think the chances are of either roman reigns or the fiend heading up retribution or how decent could that be if not then who would you want it to be well, we've talked about that i would be amazed if roman reigns is the leader of it i think that's fantasy booking by the internet community gone a bit wild but hey man it would be great i quite like it, it certainly would work um the Fiend would not work at all. They'd, they can't, because they're kind of, well, they're not badasses, but they're meant to be badasses. And if The Fiend was going to have a faction, they'd need to be more spooky dooky, hocus pocus. And I haven't seen anything like that. Although the lights do keep going on and off. <clears throat> so maybe it would be. Um, I don't know. To me, Sami Zayn is, is the right chart, is the right shout, especially because he's coming back at some point, right? He can't be away. He can't be away forever. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I worry that Retribution isn't long for this world. I don't think they've connected in the way that WWE hoped. Uh, Francis Reyes, what do you think of Roman's new teeth? How much fun is the Thunderdome at the Mo? Like, I don't understand why people are so obsessed with his teeth. To me, it should have just been like, oh, he's got new teeth. And we moved on. But I guess we like to, uh, we like to grapple with these things, which is fine. Um, as for, I like the Thunderdome a lot. The audio needs work. I think that's fair to say. I think that's a fair point, but it's a work in progress and I'm sure they will get it to work. And if they don't, then it's something to question as to why. What do they need to do to ensure that we can move it in the right direction? So, but no, I like it a lot. I like the Thunderdome. I think it's a lot of fun. I think it's far better than the Performance Center, which now I realize was claustrophobic and a bit dark and not necessarily as fun as I thought it was. But again, it's, it's a working progress. And I do much appreciate that WWE has done this. But yeah, sort the audio out and it will be good. I'm lost. Where am I? Ryan. Favorite chubby guy in wrestling? Well, I'm not going to use the term chubby guy. <laughs> but if you mean big man Hoss, uh, it would be Keith Lee right now, which has the, become the theme of the episode. Back in the day, it would have been someone like Yokozuna. If you go back to sort of when Yokozuna was in his prime, <clears throat> excuse me given how massive he was man that guy could go it's a shame he kind of got even more overweight than he was but yeah he was absolutely flipping oh man incredible same with uh, bam bam bigelow vader would get in there uh there's probably more i guess uh, oh, kevin owens does he count i feel that's a bit too insulting for kevin owens but um yeah they're my favorite david green best looking wrestling gear right now in all time well bret hart singlet's my favorite of all time i don't know why it's probably a child thing Who's got the best gear right now? I tell you who always had good gear, CM Punk. I watched SummerSlam 2013 for the retro ups and downs, and I really liked CM Punk's gear. It was a, a tribute now. I can't remember who too. Maybe Macho Man? I can't remember. But it just looked great, and it really stood out to me as, oh, wow. Um, <clears throat> Macho Man would be in there, given that we just talked about him, and his whole thing was his, his over-the-top outfits. I can't think of anybody else's gear that I ever really liked. 
No one really went as flamboyant as those guys. You have to go back to the 80s, obviously, when everybody had crazy gear. I'm happy with my choices. Carl, who is going to be the one to turn on the other, Sasha or Bailey? Will Bailey have enough of Sasha losing, or will Sasha be annoyed and go for Bailey first? Well, given that it's going to be Sasha Banks taking the title off Bailey, I think Bailey has to be the bad guy and Sasha Banks has to be the good guy. That seems to make the most sense to me. But look, it's all about the story. You tell the right story, and I promise that I will buy into it, and I will buy into it. Excuse me, with a happy, uh, happy smile on my face. Uh, they've certainly set it up right. They just need to execute the the payoff, and we would have done it. We will have got to the other side and through the finishing line. Uh, I'm more intrigued about when they do it. They, you know, I thought they were going to do it at SummerSlam. We didn't. Survivor Series to me isn't a big pay per view. I certainly wouldn't do it on another pay per view. Can you really stretch out to WrestleMania? No. Royal Rumble, still quite far away. So that's what I'm most intrigued about. But I think Sasha will be the good guy. Bailey will be the bad guy. Even though from a personal point of view, I think it works better the other way around. Nick Ams. I know that around the WW fan base, there's a lot of dislike for Orton. I think his last few matches have been outstanding. He's getting up there in years of service now. Has a lot of mileage on his body. Do you think he should get one more push to hold the world title, even if it's for a short period? Yeah, I still think he should beat Drew McIntyre. I think he should come up with a story where it makes sense and we protect Drew. And then when we can have fans back in, that's who Drew takes out to get his big response. And like, oh, wow, I can't believe it. He did it. It's the Bears. Woohoo, hey. That, you know, again, it's not really necessarily about who wins and loses, but it doesn't mean wins and losses aren't important because they 100% are. Um, it's, it's more about who... Well, the execution of the story is what, I, was what I'm trying to say, right? What's the story? What have you told me? What haven't you told me? And so on and so forth. And I think there's a great story to be told there of Randy finally beating Drew, probably by a screw job, and then Drew winning it back clean as a whistle, Claymore kick to the face, one, two, three. I don't get the hate for Randy Orton at the moment, though. If you don't like Randy Orton right now, you just don't like Randy Orton, which, as I always say, is fine. You can't expect to watch 52 weeks of programming and like every single character and every single storyline, which is the only time I take umbrage with some of the anger that there is on the internet i'm like okay that you just didn't like that one <laughs> that one is just one you didn't like and that's fine it's really not a problem uh sam says with samoa joe being the voice of king shark in the upcoming rocksteady suicide game which i watched on the sunday morning and spent all morning going that really sounded like samoa joe before i realized it was samoa joe more on i am which other wrestlers do you think would fit a comic book character perfectly oh man that's such an open question I mean, I can't think of actual people, but I'd love Cody to do it. I'd love Kenny Omega to do it. I'd like any of the New Day to do it. You know, people that are properly passionate about this stuff, I think would be, I think would be great. Like, I'm going to guess that Samoa Joe is a DC fan. I doubt that he was a major, major King, King Shark fan. But when opportunities that like that come up, you gotta, you gotta do them. I will say, he did such a good job. I, I barely blinked. Right? It's not like I went, oh, that sounds off. It just sounds like a voiceover actor. He did, he did another game as well, which I can't remember now. Was it League of Legends? Uh, so he's got his toe in that water and fair play to him. The guy knows what he's doing. Becky, what are your thoughts on the direction of the AEW women's division now that Eva Lee and Diamante won the Deadly Draw tournament? Neither of them were that impressive in their pre-tournament matches. So who do you think AEW should sign? So do you think AEW should sign more women? And if so, who? My big thing with the AEW women's division is just to build stories like they're building elsewhere. And of course, you need the talent to do that. But that's easily achieved with the people I think you've already got. Uh, Ivelisse and Diamante versus Brandy and Ali was okay. Again, I liked it because it tied into all these narratives that we told beforehand. I think when Britt Baker's back, that will be good. I like Big Swole. I think Chris Statland is awesome because she wants to be an alien and I'll always buy into that if you want to. That's the beauty of pro wrestling. If we all just buy into it, done. She's an alien now. Um, and there's other people that I won't have mentioned here too. Penelope Ford, I think, is coming along. Uh, but it's a work in progress and 
while there is a certain eyebrow raising context to this if the business metrics show that the women's stuff isn't drawing uh, tv ratings wise as much as the men so they're doubling down focusing on that well i'd say on one hand i get it but on the other surely the goal should be to get the numbers up on the women's division so that you can feature them more it's a chicken and egg scenario but i do think i need to spend more time on it and focus on it but look Sheeda's great reho's great i like naya uh naya jacks i like nyla rose so um yeah i think I think we just have to let it evolve and move. The company's not even a year old yet. And my word, think how much... It's not the same by any stretch of the imagination because we're living in different times. But think how much nonsense there was in WWE before they got it right. And I'm sure they'll get it right far quicker than um, than, than WWE did. But uh, it's a work in progress. I'll go back to that. And finally, John says, what's next for Champa, and how will NXT handle the cross injury? Well, it all depends how bad that injury is. If it's super bad, they'll probably make him give up the title if he's going to be out for six months because you'd have to. There's no other There's no other way to do it. Uh, if he is able to go, I'm guessing we're going to do Karrion Cross versus Champa. all things considered. Champa can lose that and it doesn't affect him at all because he's become somewhat of an NXT legend. That's what I hope happens. Not that he loses, but that we get that program because it means everyone's going to be okay. But if not... I don't know what you do. I guess he gives up the title. You do some kind of tournament. Maybe Champa wins it. And then when Karrion Cross is better, he beats him. So you kind of go round about it that way. But it absolutely sucks. I know some people aren't totally high on Karrion Cross, which again is fine. You're allowed. But, you know, to, to be happy that he's injured. I never understand. I get a lot of messages like that. And I roll my eyes every time. I'm like, what is wrong with you, man? That, that's really strange. You're living in a weird, weird world. And you need to break out and uh, get a clue is what I would say. I had people messaging me all weekend going, can't wait for Dominic Mysterio to fail. It's like, you numpties, already won. He's, he's in some match of SummerSlam. Doesn't matter what happens. And they go, oh, you don't stand, Simon. It's quality of the show. I'm not talking about the quality of the show. I'm talking about Dominic Mysterio one day is going to be on his deathbed. And no matter what he does, he can go, I had a major match of SummerSlam in my first ever match. I'd love to be able to say that, even if I shit the bed. But who cares? Sometimes I don't think we see the bigger picture. Uh, AEW figures also came out as we were recording this because, of course, it lived on Saturday this week. And it did 755,000 viewers, which is very good. Considering the week before did 792, and they were in a brand new time slot. And usually, if you get put in a brand new time slot, or just for this one week, obviously, you get absolutely pumped. But not AEW. They got a very, very low fan base. So I was... Um, I was massively surprised by that. And if you care about the 18 to 49 demo, they did a 0.31, which is only down from the previous, is 0.32. So again, loyal. I always say this, you could have a million Twitter followers, but if they don't care what you're saying, it's pointless. But if you have 10 and they do everything that you say, that's much more valuable, especially to advertisers and marketers. Although, as I always talk about, who cares about that stuff? It doesn't matter. You should just enjoy the, uh, just enjoy the shows for what they are and uh and, and go from there oh good someone just called me an asshole on twitter that's always a lovely <laughs> that's always a lovely um uh what'd you call it uh update to get Man, people are so weird it's just wrestling one day we'll all learn to enjoy it until then we will move on regardless uh, and on that note i will bid you adieu for this tuesday the 25th of august shout out to pinsandknuckles.com and pinsandknucklesmerch.com for always helping me out with uh, my merchandise and stuff like that come follow me on twitter and instagram at simon 316 got a patreon if you want to come on the show uh, patreon.com forward slash simon 316 there's other rewards up there too give me a subscribe on youtube twitch.tv forward slash simon 316 when we finally can get back to doing these live i'm sure my laptop will be fixed sooner rather than later as well as my car bad week last week 
bad week. But I hope you enjoyed the craziness of pro wrestling. We will see what happens on NXT on Wednesday, then AEW on Thursday. And finally, we move into SmackDown on Friday, which I bet a lot of people are interested about to answer that big question. Has Roman Reigns gone heel or have we all got carried away? I think it may be the latter. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah.